Welcome back to the weekly Big Sky Now media panel. On this week's episode, we'll be previewing, preparing everyone for the FCS championship game taking place this Sunday, January 7th in Frisco, Texas, between the Montana Grizzlies and the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Exciting times, no doubt about it. Joining me on the panel today is Mark Nelke of the CDA Press, Fritz Neighbor of the Daily Interlake, and Ian Bavona of the Columbian Basin Herald. Happy New Year to all you guys. Happy to have everyone back together, talk a little more Big Sky. Got at least one more game to cover, the final one of the year. We made it this far. Wasn't sure if we'd get to, but here we go. So uh, I'm Josh Dugan. Quick reminder, today's episode is brought to you by M&T Tires and Kalispell. Thank you to our friends, M&T Tires and Kalispell. All right. Starting out, guys, I did want to get your guys' thoughts. The FCS championship game, something that's kind of been rumbling in the FCS fan community for a while, takes place on a Sunday, the final Sunday of the NFL season. Wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Should they change that around, or are you guys rolling with it? Uh, we'll start with you, Mark, and just kind of go around. Yeah, I was looking at that because, you know, ideally it would be on a Saturday. That's when most college football games are played. Then they wouldn't go up against the NFL. But then you have to realize this is a business and it's an ESPN business. And whenever they want the game or, you know, ESPN and ABC want to have the game, that's when the game's going to be. You want to be on television, you will play at this time or you will find somewhere else to play. So it's not ideal for FCS fans because it's going up against, like you said, the whole week 17, which is a few big games. I, I looked at Saturday to try to see, okay, why, why couldn't they have it on Saturday? And, well, of course, ESPN and ABC have an NFL doubleheader, so they're not going to go up against that. Um, they have a bunch of college basketball on ESPN, too, which I thought, well, maybe they should have it on there and give people an option. Uh, one other, The other thing I thought of is if they wanted to, if they thought they dared they could do it, maybe play – it'd be early for the FCS, but you play the game Saturday at 9 a.m., then you have a 1 o'clock or 1.30 – um, NFL game and a five o'clock NFL game. And I know they're always worried about like an F, you know, the first game running into the, the mighty NFL. I mean, I you met that um, was the bowl game a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago that it ran long. It ran into the intro to the NFL, the two hour NFL countdown before the Monday night game, which is, you know, incredibly important that everybody sit and watch the two hour preview to the Monday night game. So they kicked that over onto some other channel. So that's probably what they were afraid of. But, you know, the, the bottom line is that CSPN, if you don't like it, take it somewhere else. Maybe, maybe, maybe Fox, maybe Fox wants it next time. Yeah, no, ain't that the truth? ESPN doesn't get NFL on Sundays. What do they do? We're going to get some kind of football. No, for sure. Your thoughts on it, Fritz, and then we'll jump to Ian. Oh, no, I, I agree with Mark. <clears throat> I know there's a couple NFL games on Saturday, but there's, what, a dozen on Sunday? So I don't I don't know why they wouldn't have it on Saturday. In fact, I seen remember Doug Fullerton, who was then the commissioner of the Big Sky, when we uh, we all decided we had he had I think it was his brainchild to change it from one double A to the football championship some division, which is pretty clunky. At least we can turn it to FCS. But I think part of the draw was that uh, they were gonna have their own night to play their championship game, and it was gonna be in tandem with the BCS championship. But I don't think he envisioned it being on a Sunday going head to head with, uh, you know, all these NFL games that are very important. So I agree with Mark. I don't, I don't, I can't come up with a single good reason why it's not on Saturday. Um, I do like the fact that there's a good three week break between the semis and the championship it gives it more of a bowl feel. Mm -hmm. I think I can remember Bobby Howe 
not really liking the playoff system. Uh, this is back before, you know, the beast, the bowl championship Sun Division started doing their playoffs. It's only a matter of time before they have 16 teams in their playoffs, by the way. <clears throat> but at that point, you know, he, he goes, well, I just sure is nice to have just one bowl game and have three or four weeks to prepare for it. And the kids get to go to class every day and not have to take finals on an airplane, yada, yada, yada. So should be a Saturday, but other than that, I like the fact that it's in January. No, that, that that is a good point. A lot more preparation. You're not rushing from game to game. No, that's very true. Ian, your thoughts on the game taking place on a Sunday? Uh, yeah, we're all in agreement here. I think it should be on Saturday as well. I Even uh, for the FBS, I think that game should be on the Saturday, not the Monday that it's on. Uh, just personally, when I think college football, I think of Saturdays. So uh, stringing these games on Sundays and Mondays is a little foreign to me. I know obviously the bowl games are every day of the week uh up in the fbs but for me i think it should be saturday maybe mess up the nfl slate a little bit but um to me i just think it should be blowing on a saturday yeah no couldn't agree more with all of you guys a primetime saturday matchup would have been a lot more you know i I just feel like the players the coaches the programs they deserve that opportunity to highlight what they do on the national you know the national audience even uh i've talked to people maybe like monday before the big game you know get a little preview going have the FBS play and the FCS leads into it. Diehard football fans, they're going to be ready for football that day. So, no, there's a lot of ways it could go, but just kind of a head scratcher where you never really think college football on a Sunday, and then all of a sudden the biggest game of the year for these two teams, they're playing on a Sunday. So it's a little funky for sure. Uh, Moving along, South Dakota State, they are favored by 10.5 points. And the over, I guess over under doesn't matter as much for my question, but sitting at 49.5 right now, just throwing it out there according to Sports Bet Montana. For anybody looking for the bet in action. But that being said, Montana is coming into this as underdogs. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what needs to go right for the Grizz to pull off an upset and beat South Dakota State, who has won 28 straight games. We'll start with you, Ian, and just go around the circle. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds super generic, but it's just controlling the football. Um, SDSU has the uh, second highest turnover margin in the country of uh, plus 15. Um, and it's going to start with like uh, getting some long drives going early, really milk the clock, get that defense tired. Um, a really, really, really strong uh, SCSU defense that's only given up 257 yards per game. So it really just comes down to controlling the ball and limiting those turnovers. Yeah, they do not make many mistakes on either side of the football. You cannot give them freebies or it could be a long day for Montana. I've been preaching that all week. You got to take care of the football, no doubt about it. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I would agree. I would also think that um, the Grizz have to limit the amount of chunk plays that, that South Dakota State gets. Uh, make them make them drive it all the way. You know, fifteen play drives, and not not let them get big plays that they buried Albany with. And then Montana needs to get maybe a touchdown or two out of outside their offense, maybe a Bergen return or a defensive touchdown. Other than that, I think Montana's you know good enough to play with them, even upset them. If nothing else, you know, keep it close, but that that would help those those three things. Yeah, a special teams or defensive touchdown. That's how the Grizzlies have really been effective this year. If they could do that, that would completely change the trajectory of the game. Like I said, Jackrabbits don't make a lot of mistakes. So if you can get, get lucky on special teams or have a pick six, something like that, that could really change things. How about you, Fritz? What needs to go right for the Grizz to pull off the quote-unquote upset? Well, I think a lot needs to go right. I mean, on top of the being a really good running team with a great quarterback, the Jackrabbits have uh, great punt returns and a good kicking game. So 
Uh, it's going to be a tall order. I kind of, I still kind of like the Grizzlies' chances. <clears throat> of course, you know, a year ago, I talked myself into thinking the Bobcats were going to go to win in bookings too. But, you know, I, I just see a lot of similarities between this game, as I've mentioned to you before, Josh, and the 2000 final where they played Georgia Southern in Chattanooga. And I went to that thinking Adrian Peterson, if they can hold him on 100 yards, they'll win. And they had him under 100 yards, and then he broke off like a 60-yarder that won the game in the fourth quarter. So um, SDHU has this guy named Isaiah Davis, who's a lot like that Adrian Peterson that Georgia Southern had. They've got great running backs. Uh, Gronowski's just been a fantastic quarterback for him. Seems like every week they face a better quarterback, going back to the Cat Grizz game. Um, and then you got, uh, you know, Tucker, Tucker Large or Lang of SDSU, the, the punt returner, you know. They're just good everywhere. But they both have to travel to Texas. And um, I, I'm going to take the points, and I think the Grizz have a chance at this. Yeah, no, I think they have a chance as well. I think um, kind of what has to go right, in my opinion, uh, you know, well, I will say, Mark, good point there about making them really work for every drive. If Isaiah Davis starts breaking off big runs, that's going to be really tough to stop. But what I do think for the Grizzlies offense, one thing that really is going in their favor, they do have some explosive playmakers. Junior Bergen, Keelan White, Aaron Fonts, all those guys have had big plays this year, highlight reel type of plays down the field. Clifton McDowell can buy a little time, get out of the pocket, find those guys. I think if they can hit a few home runs, find those guys, that could be an X factor right there, in my opinion, just because you get those kind of guys, the football, the Jackrabbits haven't played many talent like that. The Bison do have some great receivers. They have some real talented playmakers on the outside, but not a ton of that at the FCS level. I think the Grizz have one of the better receiving cores. They're deep, they're talented, and if they can hit a couple home runs, that could really swing things in their favor. I do want to ask you guys, South Dakota State head coach Jimmy Rogers, been kind of an under-the-radar story I haven't heard it talk much about, but it's his first year taking over the program all the way to the FCS title game. Very impressive. Well, Bobby Houck has 15 years of experience coaching at least, running the show, been doing this. So I will say, do you think experience of the two coaches could have a factor in the outcome Sunday? We'll start with you, Ian, and go around. Um, I think it does uh, definitely a little bit. Obviously, Houck has that long tenured experience and some experience coaching in these title games. But um, Rogers uh, on the staff last year with last year's team, um, I think that plays a role. You know, getting that more recent title game experience, we'll go, uh, we'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think from a coaching perspective, I think the Hauk does have the upper edge there. Yeah, well, well said. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, give give Bobby a little bit of you know edge for more more years coaching, but I don't know. It's been what, since 09, since he coached in this title game and, you know, Rogers, like Ian said, Rogers was on staff last year and they pretty much, you know, returned most of those guys. So they South Dakota state kind of has the template for, for playing at this level and in this game. So, um, I mean, unless he, unless, you know, unless he makes some, some, crazy harebrained decisions there. I, I don't know. I don't know who, how, how that works as far as how much, how much say he does, how much he drifts away from what the, the coordinators want and stuff like that. But I, I don't think it should be too much of a factor. I think South Dakota state as a team, having been there last year is a, maybe a bigger and bigger factor because Montana hasn't been there in a while. Yeah. They have a lot of those players back at it. How about you Frick? You know, I think it can make a little bit of a difference. I mean, uh, Jimmy Rogers is he's 14 and 0 as a head coach. So it's <laughs> I don't see I don't 
see anything to criticize there. You know, um, they've had very few close games. Uh, Montana State Tellingway was was one. It was early, but it was close. And and uh, you know they were able to pull that one out too. Although they needed a <clears throat> a review, a reverse, a touchdown pass reversed upon review to sneak it out. So. And Bobby's been there three times. Um, he hasn't won one. I think he's probably overdue. So I think uh, I think he's doing everything he can to uh, game this one up and come out of there with a win. Yeah, he's hungry for that first title for sure. Um, you know, I, I just got to say, I don't think it'll have a huge impact on the outcome. But if it gets late in the game, you got to blow a timeout versus not blowing a timeout. Little things like that. Do you go for it on fourth down versus not going for it on fourth down? Those are really high-pressure situations. Coach Rogers has done a heck of a job, but he hasn't been in those shoes too many times. I will say I believe he was assistant head coach last year. I'm sure he had a big impact on the coaching staff with their head coach on his, their way out. I think he was kind of known as the guy, next guy up. But you haven't been there that many times. That's the only time I could see it come up. One-score game, a couple minutes to go. Do you punt or do you go for it near midfield? Little things like that. Do you call the right play? Whatever it may be, that's where it could get interesting. So, I give a slight edge to Coach Houck in those situations, but that being said, we'll see if it comes into play, but that's when I, I would really take it into account, late game, high pressure situation. Um, as far as X-Factor type of players, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on who are going to kind of be the X-Factor Sunday for either team, whatever way you guys want to go. We'll start with you, Fritz, and then we'll go around. Well, I think uh, Gronowski is going to be a, a key player. Obviously, we talked about Isaiah Davis, too. Um you know, it's a team that just runs the ball really well, but then when they need a play from the quarterback, he, Kronowski just seems to come up big, and he's come up big for years now. Um, I think uh, the trend that I identified um, was that in the playoff, well, actually, and if you want to call the Bobcat game a playoff game, which it kind of was, um, quarter, opposing quarterbacks have just not been able to complete a high percentage of passes. It's been a little bit of pressure, a little bit of inaccuracy, but a lot of pressure, actually, and uh, I think that has to continue. They need to be able to uh, stop the big gash runs, um, keep them out of the end zone, and then get pressure on the quarterback. You know, and that means leaving your safeties and corners on an island. But so far, they played really well as a unit in the playoffs, and um, I, I think that's going to be the key right there. Is just, you know, maybe getting Gronowski to have a subpar game, which he doesn't have very often. Yeah, no, completely agree. Did a little breakdown for our other thing, the sports now, and that was one of my points was got to put pressure on that kid. That Grizz had a lot of success doing that last week. Not saying it's going to work, but make him uncomfortable because if he has time in the pocket and he's well-protected, he does not make many mistakes. And kind of an interesting comparison, you mentioned Gronowski and Isaiah Davis. Might be a little bit of Michigan at the FBS level. Nobody gives J.J. McCarthy his credit. Whenever, but a lot of times he makes a big play when they need it. Let him do a lot of wins. Maybe not the most exciting guy. But Gronowski, winner, knows how to win games, and sometimes that's just a certain skill dudes have. So something to that. How about you, Ian? Thoughts on uh, could be an X factor? Uh, yeah, I'll go with one for both teams. Obviously, we mentioned uh, Junior Bergen earlier. I think it'll be it's going to require a big play on special teams or like kickoff return, punt return to really keep Montana in this game. I don't know if it's a touchdown, but maybe it's getting them inside field goal range late in the game, something like that. And then for SDSU, uh, slowing down Jaden, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right, uh, Jaden Janke, uh, 52 catches for 891 yards and eight scores. That's 17 yards a catch. That's kind of a it's a pretty crazy margin. So it's really going to be coming down, slowing them down on the outside with that receiver out there. 
Yeah, only because I looked it up. I believe it's Yankee. It's the Yankee. I think they're twins or the brothers, but no, so okay. I was saying the set. That's what I was saying too. And I was like, wait, I better do my homework. But no, I hear you both <laughs> players to watch for sure. Explosive players. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I'd agree with, with Ian. He mentioned Junior Bergen. You know, if he we talked about this earlier, if he breaks one and you know, or if the defense gets a touchdown, that that could swing it Montana's way. Another X factor for Montana is Clifton McDowell, the quarterback. I mean, he's kind of the reason they're here, or one of them anyway. Once they went to him as the quarterback, he can he can throw it, he can run it a little bit. I haven't, you know, they don't they don't want to run him too much, but he could be the X factor if he, you know, if he's inaccurate and, and that could be a problem, obviously. And maybe maybe breaks a few runs and that opens up opens up the passes. And like you guys have talked about, Montana has some really good talented receivers, so. That that that's Montana's, you know, South Dakota State. I mean, they almost just kind of seem like a machine. If you if you kind of stop Gronowski, there's the running back, and if you kind of stop him, there's the there's the twin receivers, Yankees. That you know that I don't you know I don't know I don't know how you I don't know how you how you beat them other than maybe just you know you know stop them a couple times and get a couple cheap touchdowns through returns or or defense. So. Yeah, I know what you mean with the Jackrabbits. It's like definitely one of those teams. It's hard to single in on a single guy. Very team oriented. Everyone does their job, and it results in a lot of wins. Um, I think Clifton McDowell has to be the X factor. That's my choice right there. I, I have a feeling he'll be the most dynamic QB the Jackrabbits have faced all year. They faced some great quarterbacks, but when McDowell gets it going, he could be special in space. Can make a lot of plays outside the pocket. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take some special plays from Clifton McDowell. Junior Bergen, Keelan White, you mentioned Aaron Fonts. Got to get those guys down the field, get them the ball, and I, I really think it's going to come down to which quarterback has the bigger game Sunday. And McDowell playing in his home state of Texas, a little something there. I'll, I'll kind of give him the edge and think he's going to be the X factor or need to be for the Grizz to win at least. I like his chances to have a big game. Um, speaking of, we kind of mentioned it earlier, Montana State and the Jackrabbits did play earlier in the year, so there's that mutual opponent. Montana State lost to the Grizz 37-7. to South Dakota State beat Montana State 20 to 16. So just is there any weight to the having the mutual opponent and this time of year you kind of throw everything out, but it's worth asking, do you guys take any weight having that mutual opponent between the two? We'll start with you, Fritz, and go around. You know, it'd have more weight if the game was more recent. It was the second week of the season. <clears throat> the thing is, is I thought MSU uh, put together a pretty good blueprint. You know, they they kept the game close. They kept it a one-score game. Um, I was just reading what uh, we put in the interlake about it, and uh, Coach Vegan said, you know, we 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 felt it, could, it would be a fourth-quarter game, and it was. So um, uh, the Bobcats managed to outrush them that game, and Gronowski threw for about 187. I think as a team, the Jackrabbits rushed for 157. I don't think Davis played that game. I'd have to look. But uh, they put down a pretty good blueprint, you know, Ball control, um, don't give up the big plays or keep them to a minimum, and give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter. And man, they that was close. That that pass into the back of the end zone was right there. Thought it was a miracle catch. Every, uh, the scoreboard operator thought it was a miracle catch too, and so did the back judge. So uh, and then it got switched. So yeah, it's doable. I think it was a good blueprint. Um, doesn't mean the the Grizz can pull off something similar. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that, but. Um, you know, that's a pretty good plan that the Bobcats put together. 
Yeah, that, that's kind of where I was going with it. Kind of lay the foundation, kind of see how a mutual opponent plays against your opponent, kind of get an idea if there's certain guys that jump out on film that are dominating Montana State or Montana State had a guy who had a huge game. How can you kind of replicate that knowing that, well, we went out and beat those guys. So that's something definitely to factor in. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I agree with Fritz. I mean, those games are so far apart that it's, it's kind of hard to compare. Plus, you can look at South Dakota State beat North Dakota State, and, you know, the Grizz needed overtime to beat South North Dakota State at home. So, so you, you know, if you wanted to kind of play that game. So, I, I don't know. I mean, my, I think we're in agreement Montana's going to keep it close, and whether they can make the plays or not at the end to win it, you know, we'll see. That's why they play. Yeah, no, that's what it all comes down to. After all this season, it'll probably come down to a couple plays at the end. That seems like how it always goes in these great games. How about you, Ian? Just uh, any thoughts on the mutual opponents? Yeah, uh, once again, we're all in agreement here. Uh, I think it's mostly taken away seeing what Montana State did well uh, against SDSU. Uh, but I don't think you can really look at the score differential and be like, oh, okay, you know, Montana won by a lot more over MSU. I mean, that game was... Like Fritz said, week two of the season, we're a long way away from there. Oh, ain't that the truth? I think the biggest thing that jumps out at me is Montana is a very physical football team. So maybe they see that the Cats were able to go toe-to-toe with the Jackrabbits in their home turf. You kind of go, we got to go out there and play a very physical football game, kind of put it on these guys. And Because I don't think many defenses in the country are doing what the Grizzlies, similar to the Jackrabbits, are doing on a play-in play and play-out basis. Just so many guys who can make tackles make it a physical football game. So maybe that would be my takeaway there. But no, well, well said in the sense, if it happened in week 10, it's a little different than week two or week one. So that all being said, let's get to our kind of final predictions, how it plays out Sunday in Frisco. We'll start with you, Mark, and go around and kind of wrap this thing up. But it's, uh, it's that time. What are you thinking? <laughs> well, let's see. I put it on my thing on my head here. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we always try to pre- predict these things, and a lot of times we're not even close. But, I mean, it, yeah. there's I would there's like three different outcomes I see. You know, it's going to be a close it's gonna be a close game that South Dakota State wins or a close game that Montana wins or South Dakota State somehow breaks through and, and runs away with it. So it, those, are the, those are the three that I see. It, it would be it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, like we talked about, South Dakota State hasn't played that many close games. What's that like if they need to get a few first downs to finish a game? And um, you know, some people would say that Montana's been quote unquote lucky or fortunate to escape with a couple home overtime wins in the playoffs. But maybe you know, maybe that's just how it goes. And maybe they got a little more magic with with their with their offense and their defense and McDowell throws one up to junior Bergen at the end. And, and we look at the replay to see if he caught it in, in the end zone or not. So. Yeah. Did this time I'll get the foot down, hopefully for Montana fans, but no, <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I really think that uh, experience uh, playing in close games could definitely become a factor late in that ball game. How about you Ian predictions for Sunday? Uh, yeah, personally, I don't see it being a, a blowout in either team's favor. I think it's going to be a really close game. Comes down to those last couple drives, last couple minutes of the game. I am leaning more towards SCSU. Uh, if I had to give it a score, 28-24, maybe something like that. But I think this is going to be a really close game that comes down to the wire, which how my predictions have gone so far probably means SCSU will win in a blowout. But we'll see. <laughs> little reverse jinx there. No. How about you, Fritz? <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I um, I'm 
kind of got went back through the history. You know, there's been a couple of games where the Grizz didn't really seem to be favored. Georgia Southern in 2000 being one of them. Uh, they wound up losing that by four. I don't think they're really favored to win on Marshall's home field in 95 either. Um, and they won that one 22-20. So I'm just going to go Grizz 22, Jackrabbits 20. And uh, we'll see what happens Sunday. Yeah, leave it at that. You know, and I'll, I'll admit maybe I got a little biased, but no, I'm going to go uh, the Grizz 24-21 is my prediction. I picture this one being close all game long. I kind of think the Jackrabbits get out to a hot start. Montana kind of has to slow down the tempo, kind of make it into their kind of a ball game because South Dakota State, like we've all talked about, they have so much experience. I think that's going to pay off early, but just maybe it's just been those close wins the last couple of weeks kind of preparing them for a close game. But I just think Clifton McDowell finds a way late, makes some plays, and the grades, it comes down to the final few possessions. I got them getting it done. I really do think that Mark kind of mentioned it. That could be a big impact is that experience playing in tight games because, Yes, the Jackrabbits have won a lot of games. But how many times have you had to make one or two plays to win a football game late? Probably hasn't happened since that Montana State game. I know they played a really close game versus, versus Southern Illinois. And that one kind of jumped out at me where I watched Southern Illinois versus Montana. Very physical football team. Montana, uh, excuse me, versus Idaho. Southern Illinois and Idaho, physical game. Montana might watch that and go, we can kind of bring our game, make this a physical ball game like the Salukis did and at least keep it close. So, that's going to be it. I think Clifton McDowell has to be the X factor, and I got him winning 24-21. We'll see how that plays out Sunday. Just have fun with it. Definitely going to be an exciting game. It's been great covering the big sky all year long. If there's anything else you guys want to throw out there, if not, awesome stuff, and just looking forward to the game Sunday. Going to see how it all shakes out. All right. That'll do it for this week's Big Sky Now media panel. Hope everyone out there enjoys the game. It's been a lot of fun covering it leading up to this. Thank you to our friends, MNC Tire and Kalispell, for the support. And thank you, as always, to our media panel for doing this. Mark Nelke, Ian Bavona, Fritz Neighbor. Appreciate you guys. It's been a lot of fun. I'm Josh Dugan, and we're out. Great stuff, as ever, uh, always, everyone.